Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Wani, and I will be moderating this session featuring Rob Mitha from the Against Malaria Foundation. Most people know about AMF once they start interacting with the EA community, well known for being a default top charity. AMF has been recommended by all of the leading independent charity evaluators as one of the highest impact and cost-effective charities in the world, including by GiveWell for all of the last 11 years. Rob Mitha is the founder and CEO of AMF. He started the World Swim Against Malaria in December 2005 to raise funds for long-lasting insecticide-treated bait nets. He thought he would do this for just two years and go back to get a proper job. 14 years on, Rob has led AMF to raise more than $268 million, funding more than 125 million bait nets to protect 225 million people, and in doing so, preventing hundreds of millions of cases of malaria and helping to save more than 100,000 lives. AMF is now the third largest funder of nets in the world, and you might not know, Rob still runs AMF from a back room of his house in London, where he would join us today. He's going to share with us a talk followed by a live Q&A session where he will respond to some of your questions. Yes, Rob. Thank you, Wanyi. Um, so over the next 50 minutes, I'd like to give, a, uh, give you an idea of what AMF does and how we do it. Um, if there were two words that I'd want everybody to take away from the next 15 minutes, it would be impact and accountability. And I guess every charity needs to have impact and be able to state concisely what that is. Uh, for us, accountability is a very important part of delivering that, um, as hopefully will become apparent over the coming few slides. So malaria, a big problem. Um, and I think most of us would look at the numbers um, on the screen here and see that this is clearly a humanitarian issue. Uh, and I'll come back to the 70% of deaths being children under five in a second. But that's what first struck me when I set up AMF uh, five, uh, 15 years ago. Um, seven jumbo jets full of children under five dying every day. Um, and that's every day. Um, that was pretty shocking. Um, but it's also an economic issue. If people are sick, then they cannot uh, teach, they cannot farm, they cannot drive, they can't function, and they cannot contribute productively to their, their society. And so it's both an economic issue as well as a humanitarian issue. And unfortunately, there's no vaccine. There's no silver bullet. We can't um, um, deploy something very simple that will make malaria go away very quickly. Um, and indeed, malaria's problem has been around for many, many, many centuries, if not millennia. And if I asked you to come down with me to the end of a runway um, at your local airport, be it Heathrow Gatwick in our, in our case in the UK, and we saw this every day, I don't think it would take all of us very long to say this is slaughter and we have to do something about this. The problem is it's something that is uh, not uh, under our noses and we don't see this every day, but that is the problem we have with malaria. We're down to now two 747s of children under five dying every day. Um, it's still something we should really do uh, uh, an awful lot about to remove it. And the good news for us is that nets are a big part of the solution. Um, a simple, um, or as I would say, a humble bed net that uh, we buy for $2 each. And the wonderful thing about a net is that even when it is ripped and torn and has holes in it, because the mosquito lands between 10 o'clock at night and 2 o'clock in the morning, um, and it doesn't do an aerobatics maneuver through a, a hole, it lands on the net and then migrates to the hole. Um, we can uh, be very effective at pre protecting people sleeping underneath um, and re reduce malaria dramatically. Um, so a very effective part of, in fact, the most effective thing we can do to prevent malaria is have people sleep under 
a long-lasting insecticidal net. And the impact, the numbers, is extremely well known. It's somewhere around 600 nets equates to one life being saved and uh, between 500 and 1,000 cases of malaria being prevented. So if we take $2 a net and add $2 for the distribution costs, we're looking at somewhere in the region of $2,500, $3,000 per life, which is a, uh, a very low number. And that impact can be seen through data in the field um, very easily. And if a national health service would see a 10% drop in a major um, health issue in a country, that would be a dramatic change. So if you're looking at 40 to 50% declines in malaria, as this graph shows, the black line is before nets were distributed, the uh, number of malaria cases and the green line is afterwards, we're clearly seeing uh, something very dramatic happening. And that uh, drop in malaria rates can be sustained. So uh, nets are extremely effective. Let me take you back a few years when I started AMF. Um, I uh, approached the swimming community in short, and uh, I had a 20-minute uh, a approach to how do I get a million people swimming? It's a longer answer, which I won't include here, but it might come up in questions, or you could search online. But eventually, we had 250,000 people swimming all over the world. And some of you might know um, a very uh, talented swimmer called Michael Phelps, one of the most decorated swimmers in the world. And Michael was involved in helping us. And my request to Michael was, if you swim, um, I asked him to speak to the camera, if you like, and say, um, if I swim, um, I count as one person. Um, doesn't matter how fast I swim. And if you swim, you count as one person too. In other words, this was meant to be a very grassroots, you know, all of us together trying to do something against malaria. And we had some wonderful people swimming. We had some nutty people in uh, London uh, breaking in, into a lake through the ice um, in December, um, some people swimming in the English Channel, and then some far more sensible people swimming in Australia and America where it was a little bit warmer. And we had lots of people swimming all over the world, particularly children. And given uh, the impact of malaria on children, I thought that was particularly uh, apposite that we had a lot of children involved. So what do we do? Well, we um, provide long-lasting insecticidal nets. We distribute them. Uh, we certainly make sure they don't get stolen, which can be a big issue. And we make sure they're used. It's not just about distributing nets um, and then walking away. We want to make sure they're used over the three-year lifetime, approximately, of the net. And we work with governments to ensure that we receive data. Data is at the heart of what we do um, in order to demonstrate that what we try and do is done. So our guiding principles, as you will not be surprised to hear, are impact and accountability. A very um, concise statement of impact, really. We're here to prevent deaths and reduce illness from malaria. It's very important that we're accountable and, in fact, helps us to deliver what we do, in our view. And transparency and efficiency are very important to us, too. Um, so a few examples. Accountability, it's um, of our partners in the field. And it's of us to our donors. So um, if we hold our distribution partners accountable and require them to deliver data to us, then we will reduce the number of malaria deaths. And that will lead to, or we will also achieve fewer malaria cases. And when I talk about data, I mean household level data, which I'll come on to. We're very happy to be account held accountable also. So we link every single donation we receive to a specific net distribution so donors can see exactly how many nets they bought people those nets will protect and where in the world they're distributed and indeed follow the nets uh, progress from manufacture all the way through to distribution. So one of the challenges we faced um, if we talk about tr transparency is how do we be transparent uh, with our donors and the simple answer to that for us was we show the donor everything or more specifically exactly where as I've mentioned uh, the nets they fund will be distributed 
Um, so each donor has a personal donations page because that connection is very important to us. It's not just money being given to AMF and it's in a big pot and something happens to it. That connection is very important. Efficiency for us starts with, I guess, how we're organized as an organization. Um, so we have a, a very simple structure within AMF. There are eight of us. Um, so we're a small team, lots of leveraging of technology. And I was pretty shameless in going to a lot of organizations when I first set up AMF and said, please, will you help us? Um, but I'm not going to pay you. Um, arguably slightly more politely than that, but that was the gist of it. Um, because I said, you don't need $5 more than a couple of children in Africa need a bed net. So very low overheads as a result of um, effectively everything that we do is, is pro bono. Um, we have no offices, accounting, banking, legal, you name it, we don't pay for it because we have terrific support, which means we don't have to take any percentage of the money that's given to us and cover those sorts of funds. They all buy nets. We work with co-funding partners, um, uh, particularly the Global Fund. Um, and we work with distribution partners in countries. So there's a, uh, it's a big team effort. Efficiency for us also means um, that we can produce our published accounts in real time um, and put them on the internet. So if you want to go and have a look at the Against Malaria website, you'd see on one of the pages that you'll see our accounts live as of right now. Um, and that's part of, again, being transparent and also, I guess, being efficient. And it means that at the end of the financial year, rather than spending lots of time producing our accounts, um, we can get them to our auditors within nine hours. Um, and that's because I'm asleep for seven of them. Um, and I write a short commentary and off it goes. So efficiency means we can do more for the people we're trying to protect. And here's an example of what we do. So we distribute, um, we distributed a number of years ago, 270,000 nets in a region of Malawi to more than half a million people. And the most important thing, if you like, that we do in that process is we go with our partners to every single household, about 100,000 in this case, and we establish exactly how many nets they need. There's no point in giving two nets to every household if some households have eight people and some have two, um, two people per net, remember. So um, a lot of work goes into gathering data that makes the distribution incredibly accurate. And we, we gather check data as well by going back to a number of households and doubling up certain information so we can compare. Um, that's very much an important part of um, um, how we structure our distributions. We also go back and we carry out post-distribution monitoring. We want to know how these nets are being used for the subsequent three years. And that allows us to gather data we can give to district health officers to focus their efforts and go to some uh, health center catchment areas, the ones at the bottom on the image here, who have some higher degree of nets being present but not hung. So there might be uh, a greater opportunity to just reduce that number of uh, nets that should be in use. We're also very happy to be held to account by others. So the effective altruism community has been very kind to AMF um, and we reveal uh, and release all of our information, really. Nothing is taboo. Um, we're very happy to pe for people to pour over us and poke us and ask us questions and say, prove what you're doing. Um, and that has led to um, some nice things written about AMF and some funds flowing in, or significant funds flowing to AMF. Um, and we have two sorts of donors. We have um, people like all of us, arguably, who give $5 and 10 euros and 30 Swiss francs, et cetera, uh, many individual donors. Um, and that's our lifeblood. That's our, our bedrock. Um, no coincidence it's in red on the, on the graph here. Um, and we've also had some fantastically large donations. Um, but I would argue that the many individual donors, um, each of the $2 we receive from people um, is the cause of those larger donations. And every $2 matters because we have a significant funding gap. And every $2 means that we can buy another net to protect another two people. So it all matters.
our progress over the years has gone in three phases, the one to $2 million a year phase for six, seven years. Then we started to increase our uh, revenues and the effective altruism movement has a huge amount to do with that. In some ways, we're a child of, of the effective altruism uh, movement. And then in the last few years, we've moved to tens of millions of dollars a year. And as one you said, we've now raised um, $268 million. The majority of that has been over the last four years. So together, not just the eight staff at AMF, but the donors and the partners we work with, all of us together have contributed to averting about 105,000 um, deaths and 105 million cases of malaria. So you know, all of us individually doing our bit, contributing, you know, we've made a fantastic difference together. And now we distribute millions of nets to time. Um, you'll see in the later years, we're now above 10 million nets. In fact, we um, are regularly now contributing more than 10 million nets uh, to countries um, uh, because there is a fantastic need. Um, and it means that we can bring accountability measures to bear because we are a an important contributor of nets. And so um, our requirements for data are... Um, are acceded to, if you like, which is very good for the entire process. All challenges, we have many. Um, operations um, is really a, a partnership where we don't control things. We have to control, we have to uh, persuade, we have to encourage our partners to do things. Um, putting millions of household records in a database, if the data is collected on paper, which it sometimes is, in some ways is one of the easier things we do. Um, but lots of operational challenges that keep um, the team busy on a daily basis. Um, insecticide resistance is also a challenge. Um, as Darwin said, mosquitoes will adapt to the insecticide on the nets, the pyrethroids, and they have done. Um, uh, not all mosquitoes, but some. Um, and so AMF was responsible for distributing 6 million uh, new nets, PBO nets. PBO is a, is a chemical added to the net that switches off the resistance mechanism. And those nets, um, the significant quantity was distributed in 2017, um, uh, attached to a randomized control trial, which is the, the gold standard of these sort of things. And the important thing is that we uh, saw a, a 15 to 25% more effective um, impact of these nets. And as a result of that multi-year research, we've now seen a huge increase in the number of PBO nets that are being bought and distributed, um, and that's le leading to better malaria control. Another challenge we have is funding. Um, we have a nasty decision to make at the moment. Um, we have $35 million. We have requests that are four times that. So we're going to have to turn around to countries and say we can't help, and there's no other funding. Um, all the major funders, the Global Fund and PMI, um, they have, uh, you know, they've really allocated their funding. So we have some um, nasty decisions to make at times. But the flip side of that is we have opportunities. I mean, there are many countries we can help with um, significant quantities of nets uh, over the next three years. Um, as we reach the last couple of slides, this is one of my favourite uh, uh, images, if you like. It shows the juxtaposition of the backdrop of an incredibly challenging environment, the DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and shows almost um, for a quarter of a million households, the location to within six meters of where nets were distributed. So bringing technology to bear, even in incredibly challenging environments, um, can deliver this accountability um, so we know exactly what's happened to the nets that our donors have funded. And lastly, um, if we hover up to 50,000 feet and look at what's happened with malaria over the last 15 or so years, um, we've made terrific progress. Maybe we would give it a B plus, um, not quite an A just yet. Um, in the last 15 years, deaths down by 60%, and the huge um, uh, proportion of that is due to nets. 
Um, so they've played a, a terrific role. But as you'll see with the yellow highlighted text at the bottom, we're still talking about a child dying from malaria every minute or so. So by no stretch of the imagination are we done. Um, so that gives you an idea of AMF, what we do and how we do it, and how we've contributed to some very good progress over the last 15 years, but we've still got work to do. Thanks very much. Thanks for the talk, Rob. Time for your questions. Um, the first one I'll kick off with uh, is Anish. Um, he's asking, what's your perspective on using CRISPR gene edit editing to extinguish female Anopheles mosquitoes um, altogether as a way of condemning malaria? And he says he loves EMF. <laughs> well, thank you for the kind words. Um, I think we're a, we really hope passionately, fervently, that uh, whether it's um, gene drive technology or whether it's uh, a vaccine, that one of those um, avenues that could deliver a, you know, a knockout blow or make a terrific um, uh, impact or dent in malaria will come to pass. Um, I don't know where I would put my money if I was a gambling man, which I'm not, um, but I think gene drive technology uh, is a terrific, um, you know, has terrific potential. As somebody once said to me, um, the holy grail of beating malaria is is a, is a small hut in the middle of the Amazon forest. Um, and we've been looking around for decades to try and find where it is. Gene drive technology is the path, and we've now found the path. We don't know how long it's going to be to get on that path to the house, uh, using the metaphor, but we're on our way. And so that suggests that it might just be a matter of time. And I hope that that's the case. Thanks, Rob. So Kent has a question which is related very much to um, having very few direct employees is very impressed. How do you verify the data? Local partners input into the tracking system is correct. So we one of the things we do there are a number of things we do probably don't have time for them here but there's more information on the amf website but one of the things we do is when we draw together the um two things about so i can say when we draw together the data collectors and they go out to 100 percent of the households in a in a distribution area they know that we will be uh, sending out another five percent um, of, of data collectors so if there are 100 going out initially another five would go out subsequently to the same households randomly selected with the second group of data collectors having no knowledge of the data collected by the first set and we tell the 100 data collectors that that's what's going to happen not because we want to catch them out because we want to encourage them psychologically if you like to be very accurate with their work because we will be checking and then we compare that data. And what we've seen is it generates extremely accurate data because the vast majority of people are honest, hardworking people. Um, but that's the way we gather data to, to check that. When we uh, then bring the data into our systems, we then have a whole series, a suite of activities that run automatically that allow us to look at ratios and pattern match. And that pulls out um, uh, you know, data where we think there might be some issues and we go back to our partners to check and there might not be issues, but that is a way of us um, being able to, in a sense, forensically look at the, the data across, you know, very large data sets uh, to check that we're happy with um, the data being collected is accurate. And there's a question about um, integrity as well. How do you prevent theft of finance? Um, you can't prevent it. Um, you can't guarantee you can prevent it. And indeed, um, for the first time in 15 years last year, we had 45,000 nets stolen in a distribution in Guinea. 45,000 nets out of 4.8 million that we funded, so less than 1%. And obviously, distributing 
99 point something percent of the nets in you know in a, in a challenging uh, environment is is pretty good going but you know that wasn't good enough for us um we found the 45,000 nets they were found across the border in mali uh, so you can imagine that was quite challenging um and they've all been returned to guinea and are being distributed so um all's well that ends well but we put in place these data requirements um uh, plus, we have a whole series of requirements to do with tracking nets from warehouse to warehouse, um, uh, the forms that are double signed by the driver and the warehouse manager at either end are sent to us and we study those. Um, and that alerts us very quickly if you know the right quantity of nets has not been delivered. And we've had you know, two or three occasions, four occasions, over 100 million nets where we've seen 200 nets go missing, uh, the largest single was 45,000. So our operational procedures with our partners um, do an awful lot to, 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 to cause it not to happen. Um, and Peter has a question on, as the quality and reach of communication technologies like phones and infrastructure like internet um, has actually increased, um, would AMF think about a system where you can attach getting images, videos of recipients, getting using the nets or distributions? Um, if the, if Peter's question is is sort of you know every net you know when we distribute it um, you know there is sort of video proof of the net being handed over um, that would be uh, quite challenging potentially um, particularly in African countries with regard to bandwidth and also um, battery power on phones um, even taking photographs let alone video um, can be quite challenging and we find that the better way when you're dealing with very large numbers hundreds of thousands millions of of nets and, and households is to to gather um, you know the the data and and do some sort of statistically significant um, you know rechecking if you like that's the best way of making sure that um, when we say we're going to get 4.8 million nets out to people in Guinea you know we actually deliver on that um, but we do take pictures and video footage and we share those um, uh, because donors like to see that but it's not part of our accountability mechanism per se. And what are your thoughts on population growth in areas of extreme poverty due to the net saving lives? Are there are more people just living longer and suffering? More mouths to feed if children are living longer, health issues already under resource system, etc. Very good philosophical question. Um, and I'll leave the philosophers to, to, to ponder an answer on that. They're far better equipped than I am. So Will McCaskill and Peter Singer, for example, will give you very good answers to those questions. I think from our perspective, um, uh, we want to avoid suffering and avoid people dying, and therefore um, distributing bed nets is, you know, is really almost the end of the story. Um, the consequence of us um, reducing deaths and reducing suffering, I think, leads to um, overall um, significantly better lives for many people. Um, and from a population perspective, I think it's been shown that there is a very quick uh, feedback loop between um, families having relatively large numbers of children and then having fewer children because some of those children um, unfortunately don't die when they're very young. So um, uh, I think that's the sort of, you know, the, the data support um, as well as the humanitarian sort of, you know, support that says that distributing nets, um, you know, is, 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 is a very good thing to do. The next question is on your relationship with the Global Fund. Um, the, the Global Fund seems to be the largest single funding body for malaria prevention in the world? Do they fund AMF distributions? And if not, why not? So um, we fund NETS 
and the global fund funds the non-net costs is the simple answer to the question. And it's a partnership that we've developed over more than a decade now that works extremely well. We're a very small team. Um, Andrew and I ran AMF for 10 years and we managed to grow it to $50 million a year, which was, um, you know, which is, which is great. And, and then we've added people to become a team of nine now over the last four or five years. So we're just not set up to have significant operations in, in Africa. Um, because if we're going to fund non-net costs, by which I mean shipping, but particularly uh, the registration process, the distribution process, people, staff, um, you know, fuel, et cetera, et cetera, um, you've got to put budgets together. You've got to you know, manage that whole process. We're not set up to do it. The Global Fund and other partners are. So the, the, the nice um, uh, cooperative element here is that uh, we are able to come forward and say we can fund a whole series of nets. And the Global Fund um, often is in a position to say, great, we will fund the non-net costs. And so as a team, we can cover the funding. Uh, we also work with, the, uh, with PMI, part of USAID, um, and DFID, uh, the UK government's international development uh, body. And that works well. So if you like, we are, um, we are focusing on our, our relative competencies rather than, in the case of AMF, trying to reach too far. We're almost out of time, but just one last question. Outside of making donations, um, how can the EA community be of, of particular help to AMF? Well, I guess spreading the word. Um, I mean, if somebody wants to stand up in front of a group and say, let me tell you about malaria, let me tell you about what AMF does, um, one of the things that could contribute is perhaps opening um, uh, some people's eyes to what can be done even in very challenging environments very effectively and with high impact to um, help our fellow human beings. That's um, all the time that we have. So don't forget um, AMF when you're considering donating this giving season. Um, giving Tuesday is actually just eight days away or when you're starting your Giving What We Can pledge. Thanks so much, uh, Rob, for joining us today. It's great to have you. Thanks, everyone, for watching. My pleasure.